in a row? Hasta la vista, baby. Go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Geek Positive, or actually, you're listening to Geek Positive the Reboot. I am Ryan Maxwell. I'm Greg Ames. All right, kids. So that's a little bit of a joke right up front. We're talking about a word that is dreaded amongst some, but has become very commonplace to us who watch genre entertainment we're talking about reboots we're talking about prequels we're talking about sequels we're talking about remakes we're talking about all the different variations of storytelling that we've come to know and love today um it's good kind of a weird complex subject but we're going to talk I feel about like it. you're burying the lead here we have a new game and, and i i was getting there give me you, time what the lead was already buried it's six feet under Oh, this has gone off the rails, right? But we're also going to be talking about, as Greg mentioned, we do have a new game where we are going to pitch ideas for reboots, sequels, remakes, etc. And hopefully the Grand Holy Council of Movies will approve of our decisions or they will deny us and send us the deepest, darkest recesses of movie hell. <laughs> I'm excited. I think I'm, I don't know which one of mine you're going to pick, but I I have a front runner that I think it'll be mine. I, I, I told you in our pre-talk before this, I was struggling creatively with ideas for this. And then all of a sudden I had one good idea and then two of them just came to me today and I start casting. So I, I think I have a strong front runner and but we'll see how it goes. So Okay. Let's I'm gonna let you go first because you came up with this idea and I that way I can kind of gauge what is expected of me based on you. So I'm just gonna see if you fuck up or not and then see how I go. Alright, well we'll explain the premise to the people here. So what we got is the pitch meeting here. So basically because no one does new ideas, that's boring. So what Hollywood likes to do is sequels, prequels, crossovers, and reboots. So I tasked each of us with coming up with three of any of these with existing IPs, and we're going to pitch them to each other. I'll try to poke holes in everything you give me, and at the end, I will pick one of yours to be your winner and sing. Well, when you think about it, though... There are no original ideas. What What is that old saying? There are only three stories. Hey, I never bought into that though. I I've I've heard that and people try it. I don't buy that at all. I mean, I, I was a theater kid in college, so I know a little bit about it. But I also like watching uh, people blow shit up. So I mean, highbrow versus lowbrow. I'm a little bit of both. So all right, Mister Greg, the High Council of Movies is in session pitch the your idea all right so the, my first one is my easiest one because it's not even my idea per se but it's never been done on screen and has only been done in a comic book form and with our last episode i figured there was no time more appropriate and i have my own spin on it too of a live action crossover of the teenage mutant ninja turtles and the ghostbusters Ooh, intriguing two things that i love very much the book very much from my childhood they did do that in the comic books yes yes they did and the way they did was interdimensional and stuff like that because 
they're like, why haven't we ever acknowledged this other team in New York until now? So they had to pull something like that. All right, now, Mr. Greg, um, are you going to base this on the comic book, or is this going to go in a different direction? No, and I have my... If, if I caught your interest, let me sell you a little further here. Shredder's dead. Okay. Shredder comes back as a ghost. Oh, that's good. And boom, we have our whole setup for why these two teams are working together right there. That's actually, that's actually a really fucking cool idea. I'm actually on board for that. I would love this. I would pay for every showing of this movie to see it. So is there a... I feel like I already have my winner right now. Maybe, but here... Okay, here's the thing. Okay, we're talking about the classic lineup of Ghostbusters, right? Correct. And we're doing this as live action? This is live action. So are we recasting the Ghostbusters to be younger? Are we doing the old Ghostbusters and Harold Ramis is dead? Aha. Problems. This is a problem that, honestly, I don't know why I didn't consider until now, because I so simply went through my list and made it. But I believe we're going to do this recasted. Now, that is a very risky very risky situation, because with the Ninja Turtles, it's not so bad. Whether or not you do them as suits, or whether or not you do them oh, as... Oh, it's suits. It's, it's suits. I, I'm either, telling you now. That's fine, but it doesn't really matter who you have in the suits as long as they do martial arts you have to get some voices to kind of sound right recasting the turtles is easy you're telling me you are going to recast harold ramis who is dead rest in peace you're going to recast bill murray dan Aykroyd, and ernie hudson who the fuck do you get to, to play young versions of those iconic characters i have one simple workaround that will make it better well, okay. not make it better. It's not going to be better, but that will make it work. I'm going to base the appearance on those I cast on the real Ghostbusters cartoon because having the real Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles will be such a childhood cartoon nostalgia trip for everyone that everyone will be okay with it. I don't know if I am. You're not okay with this? I think if you're going to go in the real Ghostbusters direction, you should make it animated. No, sir. We want big budget. This is going to be our blockbuster of the year. I'm think no. I'm thinking you go like computer animated TMNT movie style, but then do that with the real Ghostbuster character designs. So it's it's animated, but it's computer animated, so it looks a little bit more realistic. And that way, I think it. I think that would mesh the worlds together better if you're going real Ghostbuster style. If you try to cast people based on the real live action, based on the real Ghostbuster style, I think it's going to be a little weird. So now I'm getting studio notes here. This is what I got. But th these are these are the notes from the High Movie Council. You know what? I'll take this. I'll, I'll, I'll give this much. Okay. So I won't be Blockbuster of the Year, but I can still earn in quite a chunk of cash with this. Yeah. Still. And also, if you do it animated style style you can still conceivably get the original ghostbusters to do their voices and then it becomes this weird meta thing of yeah it's the cartoon designs but with the live action voices obviously obviously except for egon they can find someone else to do that well if we're going if we're doing this we're Doing movie appearance, but animated. No, we're doing animated based on the real Ghostbusters style. No, I've changed this. No. Now I'm going to go animated based on movie style with the Ninja Turtles. Okay. Also based on 90s movie style Ninja Turtles. That could work. 
Would you buy a ticket? I I was going to buy a ticket, and as soon as you said Ghostbusters meets Ninja Turtles, it doesn't matter if the movie's a piece of shit, I would watch that. Alright, I'll take that as a small win for now. Okay. Okay. Any other holes you want to poke in this besides, yeah, Harold Ramis is dead, and I'm like, oh no. You didn't even, you didn't think of that when you came up I didn't think these through very well. I was excited. I got so caught up on, oh, this is going to be great. Well, that's fine. I didn't think mine through that well, but uh, any other holes to poke? Not really, I mean, it's a matter of also how, where does this exist in continuity? Is this in continuity with... It's pretty much standalone. And, by the way, if I may sell you further, Shredder is also out to unleash Gozer to rule together. That could be interesting. Picture that image, that little pyramid thing Gozer always comes out on with, like, a ghost Shredder standing there, too? How cool is this? That I... That sounds really good. That's that is a good. You have something with here. This is really playing into the fact that you know you you picked the two properties that have been with me my whole life. So there's no way I would not see this. It doesn't matter what. It could be two hours of I don't know Michelangelo and uh, Ray that's farting on the camera, and I'd watch it. <laughs> I'm glad I I know how to play the audience here. Okay, all right. So the the High Movie Council is interested in this idea. Now when we right. now when it's my turn, you become the High Movie Council. It's I, weird, but that's I how know. we're doing I'm, it. Okay, I'm aware. I would, okay. Did we call? It? I thought we had a different name for it. We've having a few different names for it. I don't know. The United Movie Studios. I thought there's that too, but there's also the High Movie Council, and there's it. Whatever. It's all a bunch of bullshit. It doesn't matter. What the Earth it. Movie Defense Force. <laughs> that too. Okay, so I'm gonna start. My pitch to the High Movie Council or the Earth Movie Defense Force or what the fuck we call it is actually going to be a live action version of what to me was a beloved cartoon of my childhood. Because we all know how we love seeing, you know, live action versions of things we grew up with, right? For the most part. And the fact that no one has thought of this astounds me. I'm talking about a live-action version of Captain Planet. Oh, okay. Um, may I present your first biggest problem? All right. In today's political environment, you're looking at not as much money coming in, because you're going to have everyone turn into a political issue, and then you're going to lose a bunch of your budget. Oh, I know that. I mean, your, your profits. I am well aware of that. Maxwell, I'm the studio here, and I, you want me to invest in this thing that you already have... Look. You're going to deal with the people who don't believe that climate change is real. Then you're going to deal with other countries who, like, they have their own agenda trying to get released in other markets. Oh, this is a nightmare for PR right now. But all of this is hidden under the guise of it being a superhero film. What's the villain? That's a good question, because I don't remember much about the Captain Planet villains. Yeah, the villains on this show really sucked. <laughs> I'm finding out right now. Alright, save this movie for me. Who are you casting as your Captain Planet? I've been thinking about that literally all day. And this is the name that keeps coming to mind. I, I try to think alternatives because this fucker has too many franchises. But I was thinking Henry Cavill as Captain Planet. Okay, I thought you were going Chris Pratt. So I, I appreciate this choice no, no, no. more. Henry Cavill is interesting because Captain Planet's basically kind of a Superman. Exactly, and that's why this is in this wheelhouse. Now, like I said, Henry Cavill has a lot of franchises under his belt. He's been Superman. He's in the Mission Impossible movies. I don't know if he's still in them. I haven't followed them recently. 
Uh, he has The Witcher. And oddly enough, in terms of talking about reboots, I think he's in the running to, to start in the reboot of the Highlander series, which we'll talk about later because that almost is like the genesis for this episode. But I think, I don't know, I just, I think Henry Cavill, I mean, you want, who do you want to be? want to save the planet i mean look at henry cavill i mean the the guy is beautiful and he's cut like shit you want someone strong to save the planet okay so we've also talked on this show quite a bit about keep the costumes the same however i'm looking at captain planet right now yeah are we keeping the costume the same we'll up we'll modernize it uh how so are we talking about 2000s x-men no, no, you can keep the basic design of it, just make it more practical. Instead of making it look like spandex, make it look textured, like, like for another point, for, like, Superman Returns. He had a very comic-accurate costume, but it didn't look like spandex. It looked, you know, I don't know how to describe it. It had a, the material of it did not look cheap. What about the hair? Does he have the mullet? <sighs> I've been thinking about that a lot. <laughs> Probably more than I should have. And you know what? Fuck it. Yes. Good. Okay. You know what? If you said no, there's no way I'm green light in this movie. Okay. We, okay. We need to reclaim the mullet. Nowadays, people think of it, for the most part, as a sign of, you know, trailer park redneck trash. And we need to reclaim it for being you know, part of the good guy weirdos. We need to reclaim the mullet, and I think of no better way to do it than with Captain America and his fucking bright green, slicked-back mullet. Maybe it's another reason why I'm thinking of Henry Cavill, because I'm also thinking of Superman when he had the mullet post, you know, him coming back from the dead. I know it was a slip of the tongue, but you said, as Captain America with a slicked-back green mullet, and now I really want that. <laughs> I said Captain America, I meant Captain planet i'm aware of what you meant but man i want that i well, this doesn't even have to be green i want to see captain america with a bright blonde mullet i mean ask rob liefeld i'm sure he'll draw it i'm sure he would and i'm sure he listens to us i, I mean i know all of hollywood listens to our show i've seen the spotify rap results are we counting rob liefeld as part of hollywood <laughs> I don't. He, he did, That's a stretch. He did a Levi's commercial. In the 90s, dude. He co-created Deadpool, which is now a beloved film franchise. I mean, that yeah, counts for something. I mean, if Deadpool didn't take off as a film franchise, I'm pretty sure we'd only be a step away from me paying Rob Liefeld for the pizza at my door. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I feel... Poor Rob Liefeld. He tries so hard. At least I, it seems like he might. <laughs> if only he mastered feet, his career would have been so different. I mean, it just he needs to talk to Quentin Tarantino. He'll help him oh, out. Yeah, <laughs> Tarantino probably hates Liefeld comics because he doesn't see any feet. Yeah, there's no feet in him at all. All right, is that that? So your first one's Captain Planet. Yeah, with starring I, Henry Cavill. Yeah, but I didn't even get into the fact about the Planet Tears. Do you remember the Planet Tears? The little kids? Yeah, which, casting them, I'm not even going to get into because they're all little teenagers, so they'd probably be, like, you know, relatively unknown. But this is Dude, what get the Stranger Things kids! Boom! Instant name recognition! The Planeteers, this is what really works into the whole reboot syndrome, is that it is a very multicultural team. Each one of them was from a different country. You had, okay, five young people... Uh, there's a kid from Africa with the power of Earth. 
a kid from North America with the power of fire, a character from Eastern Europe with the power of wind, a character from Asia with the power of water, and a character from South America with the power of heart. So right now we have diversity right built into this. Di- youth and diversity. It's like they said in Jane Silent Bob reboot. We have the perfect element here for a reboot. And we're saying get fucked Australia. Uh, we, we said um, Eastern Europe. <laughs> I don't know. This is what they did on the show. I don't know. Focus groups are going to like that. Well, who would we get rid of then? I mean, I, I guess don't know. maybe replace the kid from South America. So, so we already have somebody from North America and have an Australian character. With, uh, have Why don't Australian... we add an extra planeteer? Because it, it, it's about the f- earth, fire, wind, water, the four elements plus heart. Oh, you could add a planeteer to be a villain at the beginning, and at the end they turn said villain to be a new planeteer. What would their power be? We I don't know, if heart is a power, we can well, make it like that. But the heart is the key courage. here because you have the four elements that represent the ecosystem of Earth. The heart is what makes it all work because we use our hearts to save the environment and save our planet. The heart is the most important part. Where we else are we gonna throw in there a fucking like stamina i don't know what, what yeah <laughs> captain planet's gotta keep going but they use their power they combine their powers because i think they have like power rings or something like that and whenever then captain planet appears <laughs> you had to do it again <laughs> i yeah I, i'm so used to saying captain america i have i don't talk about captain planet much in my day-to-day life let alone on a podcast I want to meet the person who does talk about Captain Planet in their day-to-day life. Don Cheadle. I, I don't know. If this movie got greenlit, maybe a lot of people would. Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, you we'd have to try to be subversive about it because we can send a disguise and an environmental message in a superhero movie. Because I already thought of the fact that, you know, you're going to have some, you know extremist nut jobs that would be just be like, oh, we're brainwashing your kids to be you know, environmental pansies, and it's just like, no, this is just about a bunch of kids trying to help out the world. I don't know. We'll see. It's It uh, it might be a little bit risky, but I mean, come on. He has a green mullet. You can't take it that seriously. Maxwell, this is my first major film that I'm financing in my life. I don't know if you're aware of this, Wait, but I've never financed is? a major film. Then you want me to take this big of a risk? Wait a minute. So this is the first major movie you finance. How do I know that you have the financial stability to make my dream come true? I'm questioning whether or not you're the right person to go to. (laughs) All right. Is that what you got on Captain Planet? Yeah, but I didn't realize this was your first movie. Now, I'm leery, uh, Mr. (laughs) Movie Man. You might be full of, you know, shenanigans here. All right. So my next one is a sequel. And... People do love sequels. Which is funny because it's a sequel to a crossover. Oh. Okay. So, this year, we saw the release of Godzilla vs. Kong. Okay. And I've decided, how can we take this story further? Because we're not going to have them fight again. We already did that twice in the last movie. And at the end, they teamed up and fought Mechagodzilla. They fought like five times in that movie. (laughs) Yeah, so... Where do we take this next? I'm like, well, we can't even really have another kaiju come out, because what are we going to say? Oh, it's bigger, and we're going to have them fight that? No. So I've come up with Godzilla and Kong is the next movie, and it's them versus an alien invasion. Hmm. Think I Mars even... Attacks level alien invasion, so lots of wait, them wait, all wait. over the place. You see, 
you mean Mars Mars attacks in terms of volume, not in terms of tone. Yeah, yes, in terms of volume. Okay. So I could say like Independence Day, something like that. Okay. And when you think we see Mars attacks, I just think they're gonna be fighting a little like ah, ah, this could be no, <laughs> not the Akax, no. Okay. So so think of this, because Godzilla's whole thing is to protect the planet pretty much, you know what I mean? Like to keep yeah. it in balance and stuff. So that's these giant titans things. The planet is under attack. Godzilla and Kong save Earth from aliens. I am intrigued by this premise. Now the question is, I need... I feel like I need to know a little bit more about the aliens. Okay, they're from space. They come in on big UFOs. And they start destroying stuff. They have big machines that come down. And then they have just them. You know, it's a full invading army. So is this like Godzilla and Kong versus like War of the Worlds? Okay, yeah, that would work. Hmm. And we're not calling it that. Well, but. no, no, because, you know, copyright issues and H.G. Wells and all that. I don't know. I, I'm intrigued, but I feel like in Godzilla versus Kong, you had, you know, you could you could go either way in terms of who you're rooting for. I need a reason to maybe doubt Godzilla and Kong because you know what I mean? Okay. We have him kill a kaiju. These aliens first, a separate one. Some other like, you know, yeah, bumblefuck or something like that. Yeah, so we know the aliens are capable. Okay. And then what? And then Godzilla and Kong have to save the day. Yeah, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like... These movies like... are simple, Maxwell. You yeah. you have some really big set pieces where monsters fight, and you fill it in with a bunch of garbage stuff with humans in between, and there's your movie. As long as there's not too much garbage stuff with humans, because human beings suck. You know, I'd say that, but it seems to be working. That's what I've always said. Yeah, cut the human stuff, but they keep doing it, and people keep turning out. I mean, I think it worked better in Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, the first the first of the new Godzilla movies, what was that, from 2014? Was that when they, the one with, with fucking Walter White? I thought it was 16, but it might have been 14. I, I don't know. I mean, I my concept of time for the past three years has been horrible. But that first one with, Air, with you know, Kick-Ass and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. That one had way too much human stuff in it. Not enough monsters. I agree. And it was okay, but then Godzilla King of the Monsters came out, and that was, in my opinion, much better. They might have even gone too far with having too much monster stuff, but I'll take too much monster stuff over not enough. And oh, Godzilla I did like King of the Monsters. It was great. And, and Godzilla versus Kong was just fucking awesome. Actually, that came out this year, right? Yes. Oh, shit, I don't have it in my, my, I don't have it in my year-end list. I have to put it on there. That's a good contender. Side note. As I wonder aloud, uh, oh, there's just something, there's something lacking in this pitch, and I don't know what it is. Well, I'd be happy to address it, but I—it's—it's it's an intangible thing of just—I don't know. I'm intrigued by it. It's a good pitch, but I don't know. It's maybe I'm maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe that's, that's maybe, maybe I need to sit back and think, you know, Godzilla and Kong versus the aliens. Are the alien race, are they going to have a name in it? Yeah, I, I haven't got there yet. Yeah, well, yes. obviously, yeah, because, I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not against this idea, but I don't know. Something about it is right now is too vague, but I'm intrigued. The movie council is intrigued. 
but we'd have to see more information. Uh, right now, the, your first pitch is looking better. Okay, let me hear what you got then. Okay, I don't know if this could be a reboot or a remake or a little bit of both, and I'm okay. not sure if you remember this movie. I am proposing a, re- a reboot remake of the movie Short Circuit. I don't know if I know Short Circuit. You You're going to have re- trouble on this pitch. You don't remember Number 5 is Alive? Oh, okay, yes, I know Short Circuit. He basically... He- they kill him! They kill the robot! That's, no, they don't kill him. He gets the shit kicked out of him in the second one, but we're on a remake of the first one. Okay. It's about a robot. The original movie is about a robot that gets struck by lightning and becomes, like, sentient. Like, he is alive. And okay. he's spending the entire movie running from the military, trying to basically... Like, he's almost like a pacifist robot. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. There's there's a bit of joke online, online where it's like, you know... One of his lines he says in the movie is, like, I, no disassemble. He, the word disassemble he associates with death. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. And he's a military robot that was designed to kill people. So he yes. spends, now that he's sentient, he want, just wants to live a normal life. And he's befriended by a local quirky girl played by Ali Sheedy and from Breakfast Club, if you remember her. Yeah. And um, he was designed by a scientist played by Steve Gutenberg, the man that personifies the 80s. Of course. So I'm thinking with modern day technology, I recently rewatched the movie Chappie. And I won't I'll, lie, that was my first hole to poke in. I'm like, we already have Chappie, Maxwell. Yeah, but well, looking at Chappie, all of those robots in those movies were CGI and they look, they look real. Yes. So we have we have the technology dude a really cool new version of number five as they call him. He later renames himself Johnny Five, which is weird because then there's John Five from Marilyn Manson. I don't know if there's a connection there, but oh, you know what's you know what's funny? Like that has to be like some like foundational difference between us. Yeah. You just said, and then there's John Five, and I went to go say from Rob Zombie. <laughs> I yeah, I knew him first from Marilyn Manson. It was just funny. Like I I it was an interesting. What's the word? Psychological study. Well, I know I, I'm I'm aware he's in Rob Zombie now, but if you'll get really obscure, yeah, that sounds gross. <laughs> what? <laughs> what I say? I'm aware he's in Rob Zombie now. If you'll get really obscure, he was a touring guitarist for David Lee Roth at one point. Oh God, poor John Five. He also um, played guitar for Rob uh, Rob Halford's um, industrial band too. Speaking of David Lee Roth, can I take us on a real quick tangent? Promise won't be sure. long. That's fine. So there's this hilarious video online of David Lee Roth. I guess he was filming for some documentary or, documentary or something. But he's at a hotel room, and there's a hotel room where there's obviously a party going on, and they're playing Van Halen in it. And someone tells David Lee Roth, hey, there's this room playing Van Halen. And David Lee Roth gets all excited, and he goes and knocks on the door, and they open it up. Is this the room playing the Van Halen? Hey guys, I'm David Lee Roth. These people have no fucking idea who he is, even after he says it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, do you want us to turn the music down? Goes, no, you never gotta turn down Van Halen. I'm David Lee Roth. <laughs> it's the most cringy thing I've seen in my life. And then he leaves. And he's like, oh, that was great. And I watch this and I like shudder to myself watching it. I think you're, I think you might have told me about this. <laughs> oh, Probably, but that's all. So the short circuit. Okay, is can we get a David Lee Roth cameo? What the fuck does that do? <laughs> I'm trying Maybe. to bring us back on the topic. 
maybe, but I do have casting in mind. Okay, good. Okay, who, so, who voices the robot? Billy West. Okay, Futurama, all right. I think a fry Are like you voice. about to tell me who Billy West is no, no, that no, I no. detect in your voice? No, no, no. No, I'm saying I think a fry-like voice would work well for this character based on what the voice sounded like in the original movie. Okay. So it would be, be different, but I think it would work. Now, the two main characters of the movie, I don't remember their real names, but the scientist played by Steve Gutenberg and the weird quirky girl played by Ali Sheedy. I know I already have them cast. Okay. The Steve Gutenberg science guy will be played by Bradley Cooper. Oh, that's that makes a ton of sense. I think I could see him being a kind of sexy scientist. Steve Gutenberg is not sexy, but this is, you know, we're in the year 2020. <laughs> we're in the year 2021. We got to sex this up, all right? Poor Steve Gutenberg. What did he ever do to you? <laughs> I don't think anybody grew up. I don't think any girls grew up with a picture of Steve Gutenberg on their wall in the eighties. Maybe they did. I don't know. It's the eighties. I was only. I was born in eighty four. Maybe I missed something. I don't know. I don't know. Steve Gutenberg's mom probably did. I don't know. But I just, especially, I just see Bradley Cooper's the kind of guy that could. He's a good looking guy that could do comedy as much as people criticize the sequels the first hangover movie was pretty decent and he shows that he could do comedy well oh first hangover was comedy gold yeah and now for the ali sheedy quirky girl because she lives i don't think she lives in a mobile home but she was lives in a weird little shack nearby a beach and she has, okay. she she's very quirky and weird like that so when you think quirky who do you think of like modern or like modern. pops into my head is the cliche like uh, zoe deschanel and, that, you actually you just said yes. That's who I picked. Zoe Deschanel okay. would play this character. I got it. Okay, and I think, and I even did the research on it because there's something I'm always very cognizant about. Is I hate it when you cat they cast a much older guy with a much younger girl in a movie. It's a very bad Hollywood cliche. Bradley Cooper is 46, and Zoe Deschanel is 41. So they are. It's not like, you know, a Robin the Cradle type situation. Like, did you ever see Silver Linings Playbook? Yeah. Bradley Cooper was, like, in his mid to late 30s when he did that, and Jennifer Lawrence was, like, 21. And I just, the whole Hollywood Hollywood ageism age gap thing really bothers me. So I like the idea of having, because they kind of hint at a rom- romance between them. And I, I just want to have people that are actually could be believable as a couple. Okay. Also, I really like Zoe Deschanel, despite the fact that she, it's not, through no fault, I don't think we'll say through fault of her own, she became the the uh, portrait for, like, the stereotypical manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. Okay, the movie intrigues me. I won't lie, though, I don't think you're getting blockbuster of the year, though, here. Maybe not, but I think this would, if you do it on the right budget, this could be a decent family movie, a, a decent family movie hit. Okay, because also you you also once again we're do this is a remake slash reboot, so the people my age that grew up with it are gonna see it, and the people that my age that have kids are gonna take their kids to see it. So you have a cross generational appeal here. That is and also, true. Also, everyone loves friendly robots. I mean, come on. That's probably fair to say. So that's my pitch to the High Movie Council of the remake reboot of short circuit.
And okay. if, it's, if it's successful, there was a short circuit too, so we also we have another path to go down that way. I'd at least watch it on HBO Max. Fair enough. That's exactly what I'm going to do with the next Matrix movie, so. <laughs> Alright, so my final one is a series based off of a movie. So is this going to be like streaming? Yes, I'd say we put it to streaming. I mean, who, where else would we put it? I mean, on fucking Netflix. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what's... Uh, I was excited for that Chucky show that came out. They put the first few episodes on YouTube right after it aired, and then they stopped doing it, so I would buy cable. And I just had to wait for it to go to streaming, which thankfully it did. But I'm like, who the fuck still runs only on cable anymore? This is ridiculous. Yeah, like, I still have basic cable, but I also have four streaming sites. <laughs> yes, insane. But okay, so... This is going to be a reboot, but not a remake. So, you'll follow me here. Okay. The Dark Knight trilogy. Often beloved, many consider it the best on-screen portrayal of Batman, correct? Alright, yes. So, we're going to do a soft reboot here. Ooh, of the Dark Knight trilogy? After the Dark Knight. Oh, okay. So, we're scrapping the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, and then we're going to have a series playing Batman's continued adventures after the whole Joker incident. All new cast, obviously. You're not getting Christian Bale back for this. Yeah. But set in that universe after the Dark Knight. So it can still be gritty and realistic, but you can introduce some more of the rogues gallery into it, but still done in that way that the Dark Knight world was, where it's Batman in the real world. So you're not getting Killer Croc or Mr. Freeze necessarily or anything like that. But you could have... Some good seasons of a solid Batman drama like that. I have mixed feelings about this. Okay, let me hear. Mainly because of the fact that I, in general, get annoyed with the fact that a lot of people really shit on The Dark Knight Rises, and we're by strapping that movie, I feel like we're validating them. I'm not doing this because I dislike The Dark Knight Rises. I'm doing this because The Dark Knight Rises doesn't allow for any room for me to keep that and have more adventures in between. They firmly establish he's done nothing in this time. Okay, here's an idea. Is this, are we completely disregarding The Dark Knight Rises, or is this going to be potentially a series that will lead into The Dark Knight Rises? Are we going to do maybe a soft retcon? I was going to say, basically, at the end we could lead right into Dark Knight Rises, for the most part. You'd have to suspension of disbelief some stuff, like that he hasn't done anything in that whole time. I, I like that idea. I like the idea of doing kind of a soft retcon of, you know, Batman will still... As the movies explain, between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, Batman disappeared for eight years. I exactly. don't like that, I don't like that idea. I think for at least the first four or five years... He, you could have him maybe doing stuff, but a bit more secretive, so it's not well publicized. And then he disappears, and after three or four years of disappearing, people have forgotten about him. So that maybe that's how you get to the well. Batman hasn't been seen for eight years. When really it's like, well, he was doing some super secret shit for four years, and then he disappeared. Yeah, I like. I so mean, you can count the Dark Knight Rises after this show. Yeah. I, I like that idea better, the idea of an in-between series, because I, ne- like, I never liked the idea of Batman disappearing for eight years, and, and people, they hold him in such high regard as this legend, and if you, like, if you look at Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, 
that's maybe like one year of time he was Batman. Yeah. And then he disappears. It's like, I don't think people... Oh, so that doesn't sit with me. Hey, remember that Batman thing that happened a few years ago? Yeah, that was weird. That'd be about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's go get some pizza. Yeah, that's the end of it. They're like, oh, yeah, there's that, that guy. That'd be the, that'd be the conversation. <laughs> yeah, you, that was a weird guy. Okay, well, you know, Gotham's free criminals. Let's go get a hot dog. Do you have any questions? First, I'll open it up to that. Oh. I have a select rogue gallery I'd like to play with in I would. I would the High Council would like to hear. Okay, Riddler is a big one. I feel like you could fit a Riddler in very well. And but I mean, he's not wearing the question mark jacket and stuff. Obviously, in the Nolan universe. Yeah, I mean, the Riddler is a character I think is is easier to make realistic because you just need basically the green suit and the hat. Now, hear me out because you're gonna say this one doesn't fit, but I have a way to do it. Poison Ivy. I'm she does not control plants. Okay. Anything like that. She is an eco-terrorist who is mad about, like, destruction of the rainforest. Oh, that's... Uses I, a lot of plant-based poisons and things like that. Seems I, to fit into that Nolan Batman-verse. I like that. I, I, I like that a lot. That could work. Okay. So, like, those are the two I really want to incorporate into my series. Now, here's, I think, is the biggest question. If you're doing a... We'll call it an in-between story between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. What about the Joker? Joker's locked up. You can have, and since this is all recast, you could have a brief moment for him. I don't want him to be the star. I'd be okay with him pulling some strings, and maybe he shows up for an episode or two, but still behind bars pretty much the whole time. Okay. I feel like we definitely have to at least have something minor with him. Oh, yeah, I never liked the, we didn't even mention the word Joker in The Dark Knight Rises. No, he's there. He's very much a part of the story. But I don't think we need to focus on him. We can have him kind of being like the mob boss type guy, still trying to create chaos, but just from behind bars. Maybe make him a Hannibal Lecter type of character. Yeah, exactly. And think about like he's not the Joker anymore. His makeup's off. He's just a dude with scars sitting in prison. He's still crazy, though. Well, remember in Silence of the Lambs, um, Jodie Foster's Clarice went to Hannibal Lecter for advice to figure out the the inner workings of a crazy person's mind. You could maybe like have a scene or two of that with like maybe not Batman, but maybe Commissioner Arlene Gordon. Quinzel? Maybe that's that, that's that's another. If you're doing a series, that would be a good setup. Harley Quinzel or maybe Commissioner Gordon, but do it as like we're going to this crazy person to get insight into a crazy person's mind. So we wouldn't would not ever actually have to see him in action. Exactly. So that's mine. I think that would legit work. Like all of, oh, we're just pitching things aside. I would love to see this. You, I was skeptical at first, but you've you're slowly uh winning me over like i said if we could dovetail it nicely into a way that leads into the dark knight rises that's my big thing i don't want to get rid of i don't want to do the thing where we ignore a sequel no i don't want this show to be burdened by it i don't yeah. want us to be we had to fit perfectly into the dark knight rises yeah. i want us to lead pretty much into it you're gonna have to look over a few minor yeah. things that that well that that is because we're essentially we're almost talking about like you know this is almost like a prequel type situation. You, you always have some narrative wiggle room there because things aren't always going to line up right. 
Yeah, exactly. Or else your show won't be able to flourish, right? Because you're going to be so bogged down by everything that has to line up. I think George Lucas knows this all too well. Yes. All right. So our presentations have been made. Don't you have a third one? Oh, yeah. I forgot. I, I, <laughs> I, saw one. I felt like, man, I, I'm sorry. This is going. I, I completely forgot. I have a third one. Okay. <laughs> Cut all that out. Cut all that out. I'm leaving it in. I See, I was so intrigued by your Batman premise that I forgot I had one more left. <laughs> okay, this is... I'm trying to figure out how to explain this one, because it's definitely a reboot, but it's a spin-off crossover reboot. Okay, uh, talk to me here. What do we got here? I'm in an elevator. Pitch it to me. We are going to do a reboot of the Alien vs. Predator movie series. Done. You got <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, I'll have to say anything else. You know me. You got it. Okay, well, let me hear it. Come on, get me excited okay. for it now. I'll see how much money I'm funneling okay. into this. Okay, here's the thing. Like I said, I, I haven't read a lot of the original Alien vs. Predator. The concept has existed in comic books, and move it in comic books, in video games, and regular books, blah, blah, blah. You know... All and all of it's very sci-fi, kind of like in the future on spaceships, you know, stuff like that, right? Um, yeah, for the most part. And then the movies that we get are these shit-ass movies that take place in modern day with dumbass regular humans getting caught up between the war between the aliens and the predators. Yeah, that's that. That's fucking bullshit. That no. Get rid of all of that. Also, the first one was PG-13. Fuck that. The second one, Alien vs. Requiem was rated R. I saw that in theaters, and I fell asleep during it. Now, mind you... couldn't see anything! Why is it so dark? Mind you, I'm starting to believe that I'm slightly narcoleptic, so me falling asleep during something doesn't necessarily mean anything. Oh, dude, I know the struggle. But it's dumb. I I think there's something about they're going to blow up a building to kill them. But the whole point is it takes place on planet earth in modern day. And that is garbage. Throw that all out. We need an alien versus predator movie that takes place in the future in outer space on like either another planet or some sort of fucking spaceship where it's future people with future weapons trying to fend off, defend themselves in a battle between the aliens versus the predators. That's, that's now, my pitch. They are human, though, correct? The future yeah. people? Yeah, they're future people. They're humans. But uh, my biggest thing that bothered me so much about those original Alien vs. Predator movies, they, they took place in modern day. Nobody wants to see that. I mean, I know the, pre- the Predator movies, t- well, at least the first two take place during modern day. After that, I get a little bit fuzzy on my knowledge on them is, is a bit more sparse. Did they ever do any movies with the Predators where they were actually in the future? No. Okay, but still, the Predator is a very futuristic alien technology. And oh, wait, can... real quick question before you go too far and I, I get lost here. When you say future, you mean space, right? Like future tech to us. Like, But yeah. it could still be going on theoretically present day. Yeah, uh, yeah, because okay. like, like the Predator technology obviously is a technology not of this world, and it's based on a pl- obviously off of a civilization that is technologically much more advanced than us. So okay, that, yeah, that's all fu- I wanted to check. Okay, futuristic tech, maybe not future tech, but the whole idea is 
thing is, though, the Alien movies always took place in the future, and I'm sure the Xenomorphs existed in the 20th, 21st century, whenever those fucking movies came out, but I still can't, I'm, I will always get hung up on the fact that no one wants to see a bunch of goddamn pred- aliens and predators fighting on modern day Earth with dumbass normal, like, millennials or something like that. I don't know, dude. If they would have did it better, I would have taken it. But I like your idea quite a bit. But yeah. if the movies were pulled off better, I and I still don't mind them. I don't hate them, to be honest. But like, I would have preferred much more like them in a everyday environment. I guess how Requiem did it, but just better. Yeah, and I I just hung up on the fact that I. I've read a little bit of some of the Alien vs. Predator comics, and it was always, like, in the future, in, like, a spaceship or another planet, and I think that setting would be much more interesting than a bunch of dumbasses running around some stupid-ass hick town, which I think is what Requiem was. I don't know, like, I fell asleep yeah, right now. I don't right. remember what's going on in it. Um, so, now I have questions, because you have my interest. Do you know this? Yeah. What rating are we going for? R. Hard R. Okay, good. Okay, no, good. We're not doing any of this PG-13 bullshit anymore. I, th- like, no, 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 no. We've learned our lessons from Alien vs. Predator, from, I think there's at least two Terminator movies that were PG-13. No, 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 no. <laughs> Alright, which is your sympathetic one? Because in any versus movie, you have the kind of more sympathetic towards the people. In Godzilla vs. Kong, it's Kong. In Alien versus Predator, the original, it's Predator. In Freddy versus Jason, it's Jason. So who's your, like, is there one that kind of lines more with the people? That doesn't mean they don't kill them, because in all the examples I gave, still happens, but... I think the aliens would be more sympathetic. Really? Wow! Well, because when you think about it, if we take the basic, some of the basic concepts, the Predators, they just fucking kill people for fun. Yeah, hell yeah they do. But that's fucked up. And like, what if the aliens could ne- don't necessarily want anything to do with that? They just want to go and fucking impregnate people, like mouth fuck people, and make more <laughs> alien babies. And like, they don't want any part of their the predators fucking like you know killing for sport future bullshit. They just oh, want to you exist. know what? This is actually really interesting because this is different. Because I I thought for sure you're gonna say predator and. That's the safe bet. They're more humanoid and everything, you know? No, the, the Predators are fucking, like, they kill people for fun. I think that's why I don't have sympathy for them. There is no logical reason. They do it for the hunt. They do it for some sort of weird notion of pride. And when you do that in the context of killing people that had done nothing to you, like, I don't know, I don't have the story fleshed out, so I don't know. We can maybe uh, if there could be a rivalry, rivalry between them, but you I mean the aliens may not necessarily want anything to do with them. They're just trying to live their lives. Yeah, the aliens are xenomorphs, whichever you want to call them. Like, so I'm assuming they just will kill indiscriminately. So it's not like they're on the same side as the humans, but the humans yeah. will almost, for lack of a better ter- term, steer them the way they want to try to get out of this alive. Yeah, the I mean the aliens, I think, kill on a primal instinct, whereas the Predators are doing it as part of some sort of, like, isn't it part of some sort of, like, bullshit, like, hierarchy thing? It's sport. It's, it's sport. Good fun. It's, yes. it, it's sport versus instinct. Okay. And I think that's where I'd, I... It's a weird line to draw, but the aliens do it because that's what they know what to do. The Predators do it because it's... It's fun. It's not what I would have done... 
but it's better. I will admit this. So well done. I will I will buy ten tickets to this movie, please. Alright. And now we submit our our ideas to the High Council of Movies. Alright, well I presented first, so I'm gonna have you pick first. So let's do a recap of your three. Okay, so I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters crossover. Alright. Godzilla and Kong, where they save the world from aliens. And the Dark Knight series continuation after the Dark Knight. Okay, this is tough. Okay, I'm going to do this by uh, process of elimination. Okay. Uh, I'm striking out the Godzilla Kong Alien series first. That's I, I knew that one got you the least. I, I yeah, realized that was a failing pitch. Now, Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles hits me right in the nostalgia zone. Because of, I love those two properties, and I love to see them together. Your Dark Knight series, while initially I was skeptical of it, you develop it developed it into something that sounds really cool. So, uh, well, I feel like I'm on a game show now. Like you're presenting all the points. I'm sitting here in excitement. I think I have to go with ghostbusters and ninja turtles okay look i was cool with either of those i'm like okay my my, my, the deciding factor was the fact that i don't i love the dark knight trilogy and i don't know if we need to have any more more of a continuation of it we have those three movies that are a solid entity that i don't think need to be interfered with your idea was interesting but i when it comes down to just sheer having fun at the movies Ghostbusters and the Turtles, whether it's live action, animated, whatever, I will watch the shit out of that. I will buy 20 tickets to that, sir. Okay, so the Ghost of Shredder got you. The Ghost of Shredder, I mean, that's the only logical place you go after Super Shredder in the third movie. Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm happy with this. So now, your turn. My, so were, run down. my three were a live action adaptation of Captain Planet, a reboot remake of Short Circuit that can go either way. You might have a little bit of both. Or a complete reboot of the Alien vs. Predator movie series. No, I will say, I don't think it has to be a complete reboot because I think they could exist in the same thing. Well, it it, it could be a soft reboot. and it, it, We're not disregarding the history of the Alien series or the Predator well, series. We we're should just, disregard half of Aliens. It's so fucking convoluted. Yeah. Well, we're disregarding the two Alien versus Predator movies that existed. They do not matter. I mean, they could probably exist still, but these movies would not... You would not need to see those movies to follow this new series we are starting. Okay. So, I'll do what you did. The process of elimination. So the first one I'm going to knock out is Short Circuit. I don't think it has the legs to do well. I'd watch it, but I don't think many would. All right, fair enough. The Bradley Cooper, Zoe Deschanel thing, I'm like, okay, that'd be fun. Not where I'm going to run to the theater to see it, but I would watch it on HBO Max. I would say it might be a good Disney Plus feature. I don't know who owns the right to that film series. That, that It just sounds very Disney to me, so yeah, I'll give you that. Alright, so we're between the Alien vs. Predator and Captain Planet. I will say, superhero movies seem to do well in general. No surprise there. And Alien vs. Predator, as much as I love it, could be a risk just judging by the last two. If you'd see a trailer for a new Alien vs. Predator, you know most people are going to roll their eyes right away. Yeah. 
I'm going your Alien versus Predator, though. I mean, yeah, big surprise for me. But yeah, 100. Yeah, that's got to get it. You had me on the fence there, because I, I, it was like, it's like, how would I put it? It's like, you know, your brain versus your heart. I mean. Yeah, it, it was tough. But here's yeah. the thing. I think people would roll their eyes once that was announced. But the second you show them a trailer from any of that stuff you're talking about, I think everyone would be in. Yeah, I think once you see an alien fighting a predator in space on like a spaceship or whatever with future tech, they'll be like, okay, this is nothing like the crap we saw before. Especially you're talking about a hard R, so I'm seeing some predators rip the spines and skulls out again. I'm in. Okay. All right. So we have Green. The High Movie Council has greenlit our proposals. We shall be seeing a Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles team-up movie and a reboot of the Alien vs. Predator film series. The Grand Council decrees, dunk, dunk, they shall be, they, it shall be so. Man, how cool would both of those be? I would both love it if we got to see either of those. Oh, that'd be I'm great. At, like, yeah, I've actually, I've even like, stoked about the idea of, like, if you did Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters as an animated, computer-animated feature, like, even that, I'd be down for that. Because I know they did that comic book series. I saw a little bit of it. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully the United Movie Studios are listening to us, because I know they do, and they'll be like, hey, those young lads on that Geek Positive podcast, they seem to know what they're talking about. They are fingering the pulse of today's society. <laughs> no, like I said, there is that comic, but I... Like I said, I didn't steal anything from that because I read that comic. It was okay. It was uh, Casey Jones got possessed though, and they were tr- and a bunch of other people, and they're trying to yeah. save them from the ghosts and everything. Nothing about the ghost of Shredder, like yeah. teaming with Gozer and all this like madness we could get away with. Yeah, think like of, the- just think of the comedy scenes even we could have, like a Janine April O'Neil moment. How great uh, would I, this be? I'm thinking of a Michelangelo Peter Vakeman moment. Oh, I was even thinking just the side characters, though. Like, imagine Casey Jones meeting, um, what's it, Lou Tully, the Rick Moranis character. Just picture those two together. Now that I think about it, there are parallels in all of these, like Donatello meeting Egon. Yeah, it's it's perfect. Or I think Leonardo and Ray, I think, are kind of like, you know, a match there. Uh, oh, I was going Leo and Venkman, actually. Donnie and Egon, Mikey and Ray, Raph. Oh, would I put Raph with Winston? I mean, there's no one else left, but I don't know how that would work. I guess they're both oh. kind of hot-headed, not exactly following the craft like the others. They're 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 the sex appeal. Exactly. I mean, I mean, Raphael. I mean, come on, man. You'd fuck that turtle. Who wouldn't? <laughs> oh man, uh, this turned out to be very entertaining. I wasn't sure how this would work, and I enjoyed it very much. Oh, we'll have to do this again at some point. This is fun. We pretty much wrapped it up. Should we talk about what we might be doing next episode? Yeah, sure. Because I don't know. Well, our next episode, I believe, is going to be our Christmas special. Oh, is next episode the Christmas special? Yeah, doing it a little bit early, but I mean, come on. They released Christmas movies in November, so we're going to be talking about some of our favorite Christmas movies, TV shows, specials, what have you, and it ought ought to be a lot of fun. Um, but I so, think how many what, movies am I supposed to prepare for this? Uh, I'm not sure. We'll discuss that after we're done recording because I'm I've we have I have some issues with that, so we'll figure that out. Okay. But yeah, that that about wraps up our current episode. This is episode 46. I I think we really this is episode 46. I think we really came into our own. 
I, I thought you were going to open the episode with that, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying it now because this episode actually turned out very much, I would say better than I expected, I just wasn't sure what to expect, I was, especially since I was bankrupt of ideas until like earlier today, I had a, like a brainstorm, so yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Greg, now I'm going to turn it over to you to do your thing. All right, you guys know the drill. Uh, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever you listen to us on. You're saying, you say this all the time, shut up. Well, if you would all do it, I would shut up. But for real, that helps us out so much, more than you can think. Uh, it's the Christmas season. You want to know what we want for Christmas? That five-star ratings, help more people find the show, all that stuff. Um, if you want to follow us, you can do so on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that business. Uh, if you want more of me, I'm on Throbbing with Horror on Fridays and Thank you guys for listening. I think that about wraps it up. We'll see you next week for a holly jolly time. All right. And um, as always, I've been Ryan Maxwell. I'm Greg Ames. And we'll catch you next time.